Could a strange substance found by a southwest Arkansas man be part of a government test? The uh, Russians are actually helping to do is to bring a large reactor online. UFO over China. According to reports, an airport in Inner Mongolia was forced to shut down to prevent passenger jets from crashing into the unidentified flying object. Another clear failure of the American government to protect our national security. There are fears that the H1N1 virus has now mutated and resembles the... Well, now back to that mysterious missile launch, the bright... There's been a lot of buzz over the last few weeks about strange sounds... Sudden deaths of tens of thousands of fish... Welcome to the Border Realm Podcast, the dividing line between what you know and what you don't know. What you believe is up to you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Border Realm Podcast. This is the last episode of 2012. We are podcasts about all things supernatural, UFO, conspiracy theory, everything that's unexplained. I'm joined here by my lovely co-host, the open-minded Emily Maya Mills. Hello. And by our skeptic, Jeff Sloniker. Hey, how's it going? I'm Mike Costantini, and this is part three of our Mayan calendar countdown. Depending on when you're listening to this, the Mayan calendar comes to an end this Friday, December 21st, 2012. And we are just moments away from it. Moments. Moments. Really close. This might be the last thing you ever hear. Or you might not even hear this. You might. I just got accused on Facebook of... Of telling people the world was ending, or worrying people, or something. I don't. I don't know that I was doing that exactly. I think I'm. I'm really on on a from this podcast. Or? No, I don't know why somebody was like, "I wish Emily Miles would stop telling people that the world is ending on Friday." I'm like, I'm "Me? You. It was me? Oh my Maya. Maya, Maya <laughs> exited your body and went and started I was telling really people. Really concerned that this particular person was like <laughs> because th- thinking that I was. I'm friends with you on on Facebook, and you're personal facebook and i haven't seen you do pretty much anything about the end of the world or, or no whatnot. i had i did say something about um and i do believe like maybe you know come friday we'll just suddenly realize like oh we survived the end of the world that means our we're survivors i guess maybe our entire existence is just uh, meant to survive here and we can all stop arguing about all the baloney that <laughs> concerns us every day and just live for love. I think it's going to end. It's all done. <laughs> well, Jeff showed up. Um, before I get into the news and the comments and before we start, Jeff showed up uh, at my door with a survival knife and <laughs> and an axe. Small axe. A small hatchet. Hatchet. Yeah. And Jeff, would you like to explain to the audience why? Because he didn't explain it to me or Emily. Emily, no. you just didn't seem to care. No, I actually, uh, when I got out of my car, I was making a joke because he pulled up behind me and I ran at him with a bottle. And then we laughed and I went to go throw it away in the garbage. And when I turned around, he just had a little axe next to his face and was staring at me. A <laughs> little axe makes it sound so, so babyish. It's but a hatchet. It's very funny. It's yeah, a it's, hatchet. it's a hatchet. And if, it, you know, if you needed to chop wood, it's perfect. So why? Uh, what's the uh, what's the reason you preparation, have? Mike? This so you are a uh, doomsday prepper? No, I am <laughs> prepping for the doomsday people, the crazies. Mm. I live in the middle of Los Angeles. Uh, in Los Angeles, if you didn't know, if you don't live in LA, uh, they love to riot 
for nothing. <laughs> when the Lakers win, they, they riot. riot. Exactly. When the Lakers lose, they riot. Exactly. They love to riot. Yeah. So, uh, so you think the same people who are riding over the Lakers are going to be like, I don't know about this Mayan calendar thing. <laughs> go crazy. Not like a musical or anything. <laughs> well, it's it not a musical riot. It's a little bit more in the realm of people who watch musicals. No, yeah, I've... I don't know. I like I like I'd like to have a weapon here and there. And uh, I'm not a gun guy, so uh, a knife. It's a very nice knife and a hatchet. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a just feel like a riot in the name of the end of the world because the Mayan calendar is ending sounds more operatic than it does yeah. like <laughs> NBA sort of Les Mis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It, Les Mis world. It, it's a very good point, Jeff. People will riot for no apparent reason. No apparent reason. You never know. That, that's that, why I'm I think I'm genuinely a little bit scared. Now, on this podcast, you know, this isn't our, we're not here to scare you. We're just here to talk about what people are talking about, yeah. you know. And nothing's going to happen. And I just bought the axe because I've always wanted to have a little hatchet. Oh, no, no, it's good for you. I've got some wood out back, Jeff. Yeah, and, you know, I, I could use some help chopping yeah. it. So. You know what I like? That, I mean, what? because if nothing is going to happen, and we, this is all hypothetical, but like. Nothing's so, happening. Right, right. But, or, or in my, you know, in my philosophy, like what's happening is that come the 22nd, we'll all go, oh, we're still here. Let's live in love. Let's be completely like That's, dedicated to a more, you know, love filled instead of hate filled sort of way of being. If something happens, you're the first to die. Great. <laughs> Innocent fine. mind. You know. Innocent mind. Well, I think that would be lovely. But and uh if that were to happen weren't to happen on the twenty first, if we all were living our lives as though it was the last day on earth. What would you do? Would you like get to bone in? Who would you profess your love to? What would you? You know, it's so funny. I was going to ask you guys at some point in the show, if you really do think the world is ending, what what would you guys do? Do you want to do you want us to wait and come do back to it? Do you want us to wait? It? Do you want your little notes there? Yeah, let's come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll follow your little like notes, your little so, timeline. You want to what, call what, him what, little? What, what you little. call my little hatchet. <laughs> Jesus. What Jeff is alluding to is I actually planned this show out, believe it or not, everybody. Thank you. So Yeah. 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 But yeah, let's let's come back to that. Okay, we'll come I, back to I that. I do want to uh, I'll keep you I listening. do want to hear what what your guys, you know, what you yeah. guys would do. Let's touch on the news really fast. There's a big storm heading for the Midwest, mm-hmm. which is likely to cancel a lot of flights. So uh, hope hopefully everybody gets home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. There's a big snowstorm heading that way. Get home safe. Get home safe. Yeah, get home, get home safe now. And uh, get home now. Don't yeah, wait. Because the storm's coming. It's going to be a lot of wind, a lot of uh, a lot of hail, a lot of snow. So mm-hmm. tis the season. Tis the season. And this isn't a spectacular storm. This is a no, winter it's, storm. It's a winter storm. Right. Pretty yeah. big, but okay. enough to. You know, flights will probably be canceled. Uh, in the news today, too, uh, funerals for the victims in uh, Sandy Hook are ongoing. And I'm not going to touch on this because um, I think there's enough of it out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. All I want to say is, um, on behalf of us, thoughts and prayers. Um, this is probably absolutely one of the worst things I think I've seen. And I'm going to leave bad. it at that. Yeah. Can I just say really quickly yes. that that um, I, I've seen some things where people are sort of harping or, uh, you know, that I've seen some things, some postings that were sort of like in this time of darkness and evil and sort mm-hmm. of like really regarding. And it is. And it's it's so horrible. And there's like no re- really no way to frame the positive at all. But nope. but. Um, I will say that, like, you know, in, in trying to find ways in, in the morning, sometimes I'll just try to f- find ways to be grateful for something. And on those days, like on Saturday when I was waking up, it was very difficult. But the one thing that I did find is that, 
you know, it's pretty amazing the amount of love that is flooding into that gaping hole that now exists. So that's something that is like really uplifting about humanity, that that is something that we're capable of. The yeah. abound, the you know, the amount of love and the amount of sympathy that can flood into Ooh. some a hole that is left in that you know of that size is yep. pretty yep. amazing. I thought Obama, President Obama, gave a uh, very good uh, speech yeah. on that yeah. that day, and I, I could like tell, him or not. I could tell whether you, whatever your politics, this guy was talking as a father. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and a and a person that yeah, not a, the, not a politician. On the lighter side of the news, um, this is from BBC. You guys will be interested in this. Um, so guess what? There was uh, the remnants of a bird, okay, mm-hmm. from World War II that was found. And he had, it was, it was a, a carrier pigeon, had a note attached to his leg. Weird. Now, this bird had obviously deceased many years ago. Uh, but they were trying to decipher the encryption. Wasn't a hard decipher because it's an older code. So, but yeah, wait. Get this. How, how did the how did the paper survive? Um, was it in a can- little like it was in a vial? little protected okay, okay. yeah canister attached to the the carrier okay. pigeon right? So yeah, it actually survived. Believe it or not, an encrypted World War II message found in a fireplace strapped to the remains of a dead carrier pigeon was cracked by a Canadian enthusiast. Cool in a fireplace. Yeah, found in a fireplace. Terrible well, death I, for that pigeon. I know. I like to think that the, the pigeon was captured and tortured. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine the he, the pigeon flew in there. Maybe no. I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I'm sure it was accidental. I don't but think it implies it. Yeah. it implies that it was like held hostage that, and like work, that pigeon, worked over for a while before it was. <laughs> that pigeon. Uh, he took a break and he got caught. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, just sitting on this warm chimney. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> did yes. that, did he, that do his job? If he thought something smelled delicious, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, me. According to this, the bird was not burned, so it was just you know, oh, okay. it was just the remnants. But a guy named Gord Young from Gord, uh, Gord. Pe- Gord interesting Gord. name uh, from name. Petersboro, Ontario, said it took him 17 minutes to decipher the message after realizing a code book he inherited was actually the key. Uh, he says that the 1944 note uses a simple World War One code to detail German troop positions in Normandy. And that's pretty much what it was. Good job, Gord. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even in you know during wartime, they still use carrier pigeons. Yeah. That was kind of yeah. interesting because it's a secretive way. Uh, I bet that'll come messages. back. That'll come back because there'll be too many ways ways <clears throat> to uh, intercept you know technological. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I was thinking, with no canister on that on that paper, I was thinking medieval times period, probably. So <laughs> that's pretty stupid. Of old Gore, go here. <laughs> that's my new nickname. Well, hey, Gore. Old Gore. Gore, good for you. Uh, good for you for deciphering. Um, on to the uh, comments, yeah. and uh, we got a little critic uh, here, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, my my friend Alan. Um, Oh, yeah, go ahead, Emily. No, I just was wondering if they yeah. used to use carrier pigeons to, like booty call each other back. <laughs> Sorry, okay, go ahead. That actually I don't know would why be a I very, stopped uh, We're very jovial because we're getting it out before the end of the world. <laughs> How cool would that be, though, Emily? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it also put Ta- it in. I'd love, to get a note. I'd love to get a note from a pigeon saying uh, that some girl wants to sleep with me. Yeah. Yeah, and put it in your bag of tricks if for, I was the, single, for the apocalypse. Yeah. Because yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, in a booty call, if the text takes too long to come back. You fall asleep, you pass out. 
That's not a good that effective word. Anyway, I want to get into our uh, comments really quick here. Um, first of all, my friend Alan, uh, who listens to our show, he uh, posted a piece that actually debunks all the Mayan calendar myths. Hmm. Uh, you can check it out. It's facebook.com forward slash the border realm. Uh, it's on our face- Facebook page. Um, yeah. You can check it out. It's actually pretty interesting. Most of it comes from NASA. Mm, so government. However you want to trust NASA. Yeah. Most of the information debunking. It's all debunking. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And some interesting things. Um, this uh, this is actually on our iTunes page. Uh, Kyle Nenani. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. This is actually a review, and I just wanted to read it. It says, meh, half the show is pretty interesting. <laughs> the other half is side talk, inside jokes, gratuitous profanity, and what? giggling. <laughs> what is and this I, fucking talking about? <laughs> I will say, yeah, yeah, Jeff can be a little bit of a beast sometimes, you know. Anyway, she goes on, uh, or he, he, I'm not sure. Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, I'm not sure, though. It might just be a last name. I'm not sure. Uh. Uh, this is a new podcast, so maybe the team just needs to tighten things up a bit more. Uh-huh. I listened to the first three shows. Promising, but needs more focus. Mm. So, you know what? Thank you for writing in. I'll take it. a note, yeah. yeah. We will take it, and I agree. I we have need- to say, we don't swear a lot, but I did. The first time I did, I asked if it was okay. Mm. And, I yeah. and I said it was. Yeah. My fault. So it's Mike's fault. Yes. But I mean... <laughs> I don't think we do it profusely, but... No. Uh, but I will say thanks for writing in, and I agree with your note. We do need to tighten the screws. We're working on that right now. We are a new show, but thanks for giving us a chance. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we we will, uh, you know, keep you listening. Yeah, keep so, talking yeah. right now. I mean, huh? but I also have to say though, too, if you're here for our uh, <laughs> expertise on the subject matter, yeah, uh, it's more about our sort of personality and how we're filtering the, Absolutely. the topics. Yeah. So and, they're going to have some giggling. You know, and, and Emily did make a good point in the last show. We're not here to solve anything. Right. We yeah. can't. Uh, the, the point of the show... and No you, one can on these topics. No, <laughs> no one really can. But we, we want to give you perspective. And and we, we hope that we are uh, giving you both sides. Because uh, I like to think of the show as like the first season of the X-Files where every episode ended and you didn't know one way or the other. You just had both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the brilliance of that show. And um, that's what I'd want to accomplish with this show. I don't, I don't want, I want you to decide for yourself. Go do the research. Am you know? I Scully or Mulder? You're going to be Mulder. You would be Mulder. You would be Scully. I'm Scully. Hot. I would be. A, I'm so hot. I'd be Crycheck. <laughs> I'm a hot redheaded girl. Love it. I'd be Crycheck, and there's the inside joke. Unless you don't watch the uh, yeah. the X Files. Yeah. <clears throat> the last there's one. The giggle. The last one. I already laugh. The last one I want to read is uh, Mallory Faulkner from Georgia. Great show, Mallory! guys. Great show, guys. Uh, loving the topics you are hitting on. Great. Oh, Thanks, and actually, Mari. there is one more. Sorry. Uh, James Strauss, Wisconsin. I think you're wrong, Mike. I think the magnetic shift takes 100,000 years. According to the thing that Alan sent me, um, NASA says that these magnetic polar shifts do take 100,000 years. But that conflicts with three uh, astronomy magazine sources that say it takes 3,000 years. And my friend at JPL. So our... So you know what? Fight. Yeah. No, you know what? Na- um, does NASA produce uh, James? James, you're right. Uh, I read the same thing. I can't tell you. I mean, it's it's differing. 
uh, it's differing opinions. Mm. Yeah. So thanks well, for writing yeah. in, though. Thank you. Yeah. yeah both the Mallory. Mallory. <laughs> but yeah, Carl. and guys, if you want to write in, you know, keep writing in. It's uh, borderrealm.com. Borderrealm.com. And on iTunes, just find us. Uh, it's, we're the Border Realm, and you can leave comments there. We, we love more reviews. All right, let's All right. get into the end. So let's start the end. Part three. Part, part the three. final. The final. And three. the last show for the holidays uh, because we will be closing down after this show. And uh, if the world does exist after the 21st, we will be back in <laughs> 2013 with many new shows and many great things. So some fun stuff. We have we have things down the tube like uh we're going to do some uh ghost hunting, I think. Yeah, yeah. some Bigfoot. Uh, some Bigfoot, Bigfoot stuff. stuff. Um we're going to get Jeff a psychic, which mm. I think is going to be amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. That's nice. interesting news. I'm just not sure if we're going <laughs> to we're going to bring the psychic here or we're going to oh, yeah, actually right. we record it remotely. We may do both, mm. you know. Oh, kind of don't want to do that. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Too bad. Too bad. So um, gloom, we, we've talked about a lot. We've talked in the last two parts a lot of the doom and gloom stuff. And um, in this episode, I'm thinking we should kind of take another look at it, but also take a look from the perspective of end time theory, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Which really is as old as the Bible, mm-hmm. Book of Revelation. I'm going to start with the, the numerology of the subject. Numerology is actually very big in the Jewish faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're very big on numbers. Uh, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, 13 is a very symbolic age. It's when a child becomes an adult. Mm-hmm. The numbers of December 21st, 2012, it's, it's uh, 1221, 2012. Okay, so there's a zero in there. It adds up, if you add up all the numbers, to the number 11. The number 11, which is one and one, add up to two. What? Two. <laughs> Don't blow my mind. Okay, two, now this is interesting, two in numerology is actually a very peaceful number. It's not war, it's not famine, it's enlightenment. Reproduction. It's an age of glory. Two is symbolic of a number that is good. So, for the most part, um, in the Jewish faith, the two is very symbolic, and um, in numerology, the two is very symbolic for people moving on to some better type of understanding. And why is this? Why is why is two? Two, it's this is kind of known for that. See that's it's where the background numerology of numerology, gets. yeah. So we could spend a whole show on the whole background. That's not my point of this show. Um, <laughs> it's it's out right. there. But okay, it, it's okay. a, it's so a two, very, very convoluted all right. thing. Two is lovely and positive. Okay. Two is lovely and positive and uh the reason numbers are actually important is because of mathematics. Mm-hmm. Mathematics, as I mentioned, is the universal language. Mm-hmm. Uh, if aliens do contact us, it will be through numbers, binary code, simple math equations. You hear that, Jeff? Uh, if Yeah, if. Come on. <clears throat> Come on. How do you know? What because if they speak English? They watch our TV channels. You know what, Jeff? Haven't I, you seen these movies? Yeah, you know what, Jeff? Uh, it's very possible that they could speak English. Johnny like, Five. But oh, my, my thing is, if we're getting a signal from an alien world, they probably wouldn't know our language. Right. So then we'd send them numbers and hope they figure it out? It's been done before, it seems. But our numeric system is is not It would be binary codes. Binary codes. I, yeah. That makes dot, sense dot, to dot, me. Dot, dot, yeah. 
yeah, binary no, code, Jeff, they... is the basics of our computer programming, essentially. So we so, think, yeah, I don't know. No, it does make sense that people, you know, <clears throat> that it, it, is a, it is a language that I feel like people at the top level of government or, you know, science or whatever would be able to say, oh, yes, this is going to be easy because we can break this down into code. And I will not fight this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily have to speak English. Mm-hmm. But I will be math. a buffoon if I fight this. <laughs> <laughs> so I will not fight it. To all of this, everybody, I'd like to say one more thing. We had the same number sequence literally a week ago. 12 yeah. 12 2012. And everybody got married. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, 12 12 2012, it's the exact same number sequence. Um, or, in other words, it adds up to the, the very same 11. Mm-hmm. So, that was the end of the world. Mm-hmm. One might say that it might have already, you know, happened. I, I think I could return my hatchet. <laughs> Your hatchet. <laughs> I think it, I could still return um, it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this last time, but there's the, there's the fact that, you know, days, time, min- minutes, seconds, days between the time that they devised the calendar and now mm-hmm. could be off by any number of, yeah. you know, could have been yesterday. Yeah, 1999, when everybody thought the world was going to end, mm-hmm. 1999 was not actually 1999, <laughs> <laughs> if you can follow that. Yeah. The no, calendar the was off. So, in other words, 1999, the millennium, actually hit three years before. Mm. Mm. Late, so, late to the party. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but Prince was still doing it. <laughs> still doing it. I want to talk about the number seven. Yeah. Number seven is probably one of the most significant numbers. The number seven, uh, in biblical terms, you know, God created the earth in seven days. Mm-hmm. Six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. God rested. God rest his soul. I'm going to head into the book of Revelation, all right? The book of Revelation is probably the number one book of the end times because it's the one that talks about the apocalypse, and it's the one that's most misunderstood. Still, no one to this date knows who wrote it and what it all means. We have seen the sea turn to blood. Hmm? Mm, and wars, is that what you're saying? No. There's a... There is a, uh, a jellyfish that an algae, red. an algae. Mm. Oh yeah, that in overpopulation it actually turns rivers, coastlines to red. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. which they probably saw and then said, "This will happen again." Very possible, Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. the moon will turn to blood. There is actually an effect where the moon looks red. Mm-hmm. It's called harvest moon. Mm-hmm. It's been around Isn't for a that, long time. That happens every so often. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so all they the time. saw that too. Uh, they call it harvest moon because that's when the uh, that's when the farmers know that it's time to harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's been a lot of interesting symbols and signs, but just the number seven. Let's take the number seven in the book of Revelation. Okay, seven angels usher in calamity. Seven. Okay, seven vials contain the poisons that will kill us all. The seals. Each is triggered over a seven-year period that triggers the precise moment a Savior breaks the first of the seven seals. The tribulation is the first. Uh, war, famine, disease. Uh, we, we talk about the four horsemen, right? Oh, I was just going to say that, like, you know, isn't it possible, not to poke a hole in anything because I'm not really sure what it's adding up to, but isn't it possible that... You know, like a good like a good writer, you're kind of hitting repetition there. Yeah. And uh, also, Popularity. isn't seven? 
Isn't seven in comedy like things are funny in threes and then they get unfunny again until they come back the seventh time and then it becomes funny again? I've heard that. (laughs) There is a weird number to three. People find things funny in threes. Yeah. No, definitely. Jokes, threes. But but I've heard the theory that it's like after seven, it becomes funny again. Sure. Do you Um, think back then they said seven is the new two? Stuff like that, you mean in general? No, do you think they said that? Because two used to be the, the popular number. And then seven became the popular number. Oh. Now, do you want to know what the number seven actually kind of means in numerology? Sure. Yes. It is. is, That's Yeah. It means change. Seven is associated with some kind of a shift. Change. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily war, uh, but just a shift, uh, a difference, Um, something new. In biblical biblical terms, it kind of makes sense because... In seven days, uh, something new was created. If you believe in when was our world is divided into you know, I mean our entire existence seven is divided days. down into seven days a night. Yeah, I think people use that and as a, a fort, measure. And a fortnight is a period of two seven days. Mm-hmm. Is that two because weeks. of like? <laughs> I'm I'm going to put myself out there and be really stupid mm-hmm. if if all this is easy to answer. But is seven days like the rotation of the Earth, uh, like with the Moon and the Sun? Is there a difference in that or something? Seven days. Uh, Why do we have seven days a week? It's a good question. Uh, it mostly stems from uh, the Bible, I believe. So, yeah. The, the so, Earth's rotation is typically monthly. It's not exact, but. Yeah, it's not exact. And remember, this is all stuff that we put to it, but. Yeah, it's Like the Mayans describing. didn't believe in a seven day period. Right. They, they believed in a type of month, but it wasn't a month to them. It was just a. A period of so this what are, much. what's the connection between the the book of revelations or sorry what's the between the the repetition of sevens in the Bible and the Mayan calendar what are we connecting there well i'm I'm not connecting it so much to the calendar as i'm I'm trying to show you that there's different ideologies of the end times mm-hmm. so to speak mm-hmm. see the Mayans weren't the first mm-hmm. um, the book of revelation was it's the original Book Arma- of the Armageddon. End. Armageddon. Was that the... F- that was the original before- Armageddon, yeah. Sorry, tell me the timeline. What, what, how- the Bible is the oldest known script. And so that is older than the Mayan calendar? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Revelation has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. The thing about Revelation is there's actually a lot of theologians that don't follow the book because, again, it, it's like a, a renegade text. Mm-hmm. Like, someone wrote it but it's not, they can't validate it. Mm-hmm. They don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. It just appeared, and someone put it in the book. Yeah, there's a supposition that it is It's divine. New Testament, not Old Testament, New Testament. Right. But it, it has some validity, like in the Jewish religion, too. And it, it crosses all platforms. Like, the idea of the book of Revelation is that there's a Savior that's going to come back and deliver us from evil. Muslims believe the same thing. And there, there all uh, many religions believe that somewhere around December 25th is the celebration of like a Messiah of some kind, mm-hmm. the birth of some kind of it has a lot to do with like the North Star. A lot of religions um, have a similar sort of origin story or, uh, or um, late December uh, sort of specifics about like mm-hmm. either someone being born um some star rising some important point mm-hmm. there's like seven different versions of that story across the religions right you nailed it right on the head yeah and and that's the interesting thing about it i think because uh 
as differing as a lot of the religions are, there's still that kind of fundamental understanding of a God, a savior. Right. Um, even in religions with multiple gods, there's some type of savior that comes, you know, the, the Greek and the Romans, they had their heroes essentially. Yeah. Well, there also, there's something interesting about, you know, the, the, um, commonality Mm -hmm. that, you know, everyone's story, there's like this supposition that it's like, uh, kind of eerie that all the different religions have this story that's based around the same time frame but isn't it true though that like we know from being on earth that due to the rotation of the earth and the the movement of you know um the the basically the rotation of the earth which causes all of those shifts in seasons and all those shifts in the length of the day so you have more night sky less night sky more daytime less daytime so at that point of the year there is sort of a certain peak of um one extreme and then there's a newness again which we all know through we understand through the seasons that there's a beginning and an end Mm -hmm. to some kind of pattern Mm -hmm. and in order to you know either wrap our heads around it or to make sense of it or to celebrate it right as human beings this thing this phenomenon of there being uh newness a new beginning born again or whatever it is uh all the religions at some point have been like yeah there's this thing that goes on around like late late december or like early early january that's sure. like uh sort of uh real important it's I, real important because we kind of get to our wits end and then all of a sudden we gotta go yeah. hey let's try to do it again here's what let's i be, think. let's begin again i think the sto- story spread like crazy throughout time sure I think the story of and stories must have been real fun for people who didn't have movies. Oh yeah, you know, big time. And like that, someone else's theory on what's going to happen comes around. You change it up a little bit to be, oh, this is our Mayan. This is our Mayan story. It's not like their story, you know. Like, I, I just think every like, <laughs> I don't know. I might be going a little bit into my uh, Emily Maya Mills's territory Ooh, but <laughs> with, come, come hither little boy <laughs> with the uh, rotation of the earth uh the the stories rotated around the world as well and uh and just like when you play operator mm-hmm. they change a little bit mm-hmm. and then people personalize them mm-hmm. they put their name on them mm-hmm. and, and I, so and, yeah so, so you have a similar civilization story to yeah. civilization slight, same story slightly different right owned you know, but it's kind of, I mean, I, this is going to sound really weird, but it's kind of like Black Barbie. You know what I mean? Like somebody wants to have, like every, oh, yeah. you, you want to have ownership. Like you yeah, might yeah, yeah. love Barbie, right. but there's like, you, you want to know that there's a Barbie that is like you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That yeah. is a terrible a analogy. Wow. No, no, no. I think it's a good wow. point. Silenced. I was silenced. <laughs> I think it's a really good point, actually. I mean, it makes sense, but it's also like really yeah. trivializing, trivializing. Yeah people's belief systems but whatever um what do you guys know about the four horsemen i mean as far as i know they rode horses <laughs> oh that's so bad they they brought on the i mean they were they're the the, of, the harbingers of the yeah. apocalypse yeah. yeah right and um that's a big thing in the book of revelation there's apparently four horsemen obviously yeah. symbolic because you know it's um but uh <laughs> well it couldn't be three because there's three right wise men <laughs> So yeah, that's true. You don't want to you don't want to associate the horsemen with the wise men. Um the the four horsemen I mean, if you add them together there's seven, so There's watch seven. Uh oh. <laughs> the book of Revelation is interesting to me because it really is convoluted. Like there is 
so much detail to it. It's it's pretty amazing. It's it's probably like whether you believe it or not. I mean, if a if a science fiction writer wrote this book, it would be pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. And but science fiction writers accomplish fascinating, absolutely creation, yeah. like well, creativity. They, they tap into us, absolutely. They, not only do they tap into us, but they project. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've read some really interesting sci-fi that like is straight up prophecy. Yeah, like. Like uh, William Gibson, like uh, who wrote um, Neuromancer and um, Idoru and a bunch of like yeah. these, these movies, these books predicted a lot of the internet, a lot of cyber behavior, uh, coined terms before they existed, like uh, cyberpunk yeah. or yeah. Cyber, like nineteen eighty four. Yeah, nineteen eighty four. Like th- we've seen so now. many examples. Yeah. It's interesting. Of course, the Jetsons, like everyone's like, I don't want to have the Jetsons or whatever. <laughs> like, I want to be able to. Nah, yeah. A Brave New World. Uh, yeah. In particular, that's a great book you can read. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke predicted uh, a man reaching Mars with drones and. Waterworld? Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Well, but I mean, then, then there's also the fact Isn't that, that like, an apocalyptic end or something. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the world is taken <laughs> over by water, and Kevin Costner saves the day. But Emily, you're right. A lot of writers have really touched home with a lot of the it's well, imagination. It's imagination. And, yeah, yeah, but if you're, it's also following a line of logic. Absolutely. And in a certain way, we've talked about this with the Mayan calendar, where if at that time they were able, they were being highly creative in their imagination mm-hmm. and following their line of logic sort of with their predictions and their um, expectation. Like I, I made the, I made the point, which I thought was a very valid point that if like you're, if they were able to see progress from, you know, the stone uh, wheel to the le- lever system, then you could project in a way how much more rapidly that could compound and yeah. as far as like technological development. But uh, my point being that that like there is there is possibility in someone being so honed into that type of imagination that they you know I'm not saying to the date mm-hmm. to the twelve twenty one twelve date mm-hmm. but there is like there is like a, a valid um, extending the line of logic that if we're like um, if they were able to imagine progress up to a point mm-hmm. that there would have to be some kind of uh, a mental or, you know, collective enlightenment or some kind of, you know, um, a change that is not necessarily like tactile or tangible, a change that is something that is a little bit beyond, um, you know, policy, yeah. beyond like what what makes sense in terms of paper pushing or what makes sense in terms of, you know, creating objects or, or, or products. It's um, Well, yeah, I, that, that's the same thing of like... If, we we are following those like on the jetsons if you grew up on the jetsons at some point if you're if you're an inventor you're going to invent something that you loved on the jetsons like for instance uh i just read something about like on star trek they had an ipad of what was before the ipad was invented and they say that apple stole the idea from the I- of the <laughs> ipad from star, star trek <laughs> because they're using a tablet to like and they were tapping on it and like there's you know online i saw i mean yes and then there's something called the zeitgeist where it's like people have similar ideas at similar times because it is the next logical could be that progression or it could be that we're just like sci-fi became a big thing and uh, and it showed you pictures of the future and then uh and then we sort of followed that well there's a little bit of like there yeah there's a there's a, a relationship between you know 
development and, and projection right right or like imagining what has been and we don't even know what we're picking up as we're seeing things but right but one valid thing like i mean you can easily point to things like think tanks, right? Right. There's like, you know, uh, the idea of a think tank where you have the best or the most expert, you know, the most uh, educated in a certain field or multiple, like a multitude of fields uh, across um, uh, specialties. Um, either way you do it, you know, you can put all of these people from Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. you know, into a situation where all they are meant to do is to basically riff, yeah. To improvise, to imagine, to have conversations, and to hypothesize. Wouldn't it be great if if fill in the blank? Yeah, wouldn't it be great? Yeah, and 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 then it wouldn't be great if, and then you can sort of de um, reverse technology, like reverse engineer the idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you can conceive of it, then pretty much you know man has proven that it is capable of of achieving an idea. Yeah. Which which actually begs the question, like, if we have proven to ourselves time and time again that we're capable of achieving an idea, if we can project it or if we can, you know, conceive of it, then things like the the great conundrums, I feel like we we should be coming closer to or that we should all be realizing that we're capable of solving things like, you know, things that confound us, like the sort of mass violence and or uh, global warming issues, environmental issues, you know, feeding the hungry, housing the poor, all of that stuff. It always seems like it's just beyond, but I do think it's true that it's possible. It's possible that if people can think outside of like actual paper pushing or policy, that it's like, you know, let's have a little faith that mankind is able to um, reverse engineer the solution. I think we're heading in that direction. I I think there's a singularity that we're all, kind of moving towards and that that point is that that moment in which we become more self-aware of ourselves than we have been yeah. out of necessity i mean <clears throat> it's a weird thing because self-awareness um <clears throat> also can uh sort of ignite certain types of anxiety i think so you have to like go through a process of self-awareness i think if we're talking about it as a society or a civilization we go through a process of self-awareness and then and then we have to also figure out how to handle that Mm self-awareness um and then but then i also throw my hands up and go isn't 50 percent of the population always going to be like yeah fucking i don't care i'm gonna stick my (laughs) stick my hand in the microwave and like eat these hot pockets or whatever so i don't know is it, you know what I think it is? This is something that I've always thought. I think it boils down to sometimes it's always about half the population is going to be in, in the light. Yeah. But sometimes more than half is in the dark and sometimes more than half is in the light. So it's like. <laughs> but what's 50. better to be in? That's that's a question. I think, the, I think definitely the light because the light is progress. It's kind of like you can put it into a really simple terms like the dark ages versus the age of enlightenment. Is right? it progress? I mean, if you're in the light, <laughs> if you're like, I think of people that are like vegans i think of people that like uh, recycle everything and i think of all all the all these these people that are i think they're 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 not i don't think they think they're perfect but they're trying to do the right thing Mm -hmm. which starts you in like anxiety yeah you have a lot more depression compulsivity yeah the need well that's that comes from i i think like 
the need to do right. There's the want to do right. There's right. the attempting to do right. And then there's the holding oneself responsible for being perfect. And so there's like that, that gets into like sort of neurological stuff. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, you know, the people in the dark, like honey boo boo likes to eat Cheetos. <laughs> She's perfectly happy. <laughs> when she eats Cheetos, she doesn't feel guilty. When I eat Cheetos, I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. But I think what that when doing? that is, that can be true. And I think that sitting in the dark can be a form of like you, you don't have to propel you don't yeah. have to you don't have to like do um what's challenging necessarily and so it can feel like a form of happiness or contentment but it's not sustainable in the end right sure. says that's you. the issue no i think that that ends up being the issue is that like i think we like america has learned that lesson is that you it's not sustainable for most of our population to sort of not care or be you know, pursuing nobility or social responsibility or like you know, higher education or trying to like eat well or do right. You know what I mean? Like but you can't have the bulk of people s- sinking. But that's the thought of the people in the, in the light, the people in the dark are still but like, I who would, cares? But I, that I would, I would venture to say, or I would, I would, uh, you know, challenge us all to think or hope that that is, is where we are right now with this whole idea. Of I think shift. that's that's a never ending circle. Yeah, of, it is. Of I think both sides. Like I, I don't. Sure. I tend to think I. I wish people would recycle. I wish. I wish we can all be a society that that uh, does better for the environment. All that stuff. You know. I, I hope that. I wish. But like at the same time, like I look at those people that are in the dark, as we're calling it, and I go, "Who's happier?" like who really who's really happier like i'm worried about global warming why because people inform me about it and how it's going to end the world and how how the polar ice caps are melting and i'm like oh my gosh what can i do really the reality of it what can i do nothing well but there i think there tends to be uh, when you're right about saying that it's happened throughout time it is like the nature of human existence but there isn't that that the imbalance is always corrected the yeah. imbalance somehow is always corrected. And I'm not saying that we're going to, that I can guarantee that. Yeah. We might all fly off the earth tomorrow or Friday or whenever it is. But, Friday. but, Friday. The, <laughs> it's coming. but the, I think some the people proof, hope for that. The proof of history is that somehow there's always a counterbalancing, <laughs> right. and that is that is our species' uh, system of survival. That's that's how, like you yeah. know, that's if you look watch cell growth or a cell, you know, healthy cell. How does it survive? There, th- th- it breaks down into a very. Okay, here, here's where we can go on forever. Mm-hmm. Some say that no matter what we do, our species will be extinct. Uh, that's true, Jeff, because in, in pretty much every instance, there's been extinction periods. Right. It's so bound to what's happen. the use? What's the use? Well, I mean, you could, you could easily right. say that there is no use. You could also find that there's like a certain type of harmony, not to, use a, <laughs> not, to use a, not to use a really cheesy word, but there's a certain type of harmony of like, if we are here and we are pursuing the possibility yeah. of being able to sustain. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then, it's a circle. Then, no, it, it is a circle, but then, you know, you don't know for sure, but perhaps the actual time spent is more more harmonious. Or someone more- who's arguing <laughs> your side and someone who's arguing the other side. I'm not necessarily saying you're sure, wrong. Sure. I'm, not arg- I'm no. just saying, I'm, think about it, are running at the same speed inside a circle. Right. You'll never catch up. We'll never come to a conclusion until the end. Absolutely. And then we'll go, I told you so. Except that you can say that, but then you have 
then you have tsunamis and megastorms and things like that right. where it's like you know you can sit there and say like we have no control over anything and we don't right. because there is natural disasters but we also know that our relationship with weather is it a better life and, probably if you recycle it, and you you pay attention to the environment you do all that is it a better life yeah probably can I we th- yeah 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 of course well, I would like. It, I, would like I don't know. Yep. One really basic thing uh, I think that points to that is like this. Okay, water wasn't always harnessable, right? Yeah. Water is something that sustains life. Mm-hmm. We didn't always have irrigation and plumbing. We didn't always have instant access to water. Water is the key to vitality. It's absolutely necessary. And yet, when you uh, like, if you're a kid and you go through a period, like maybe as a teenager, where you don't appreciate that water, yeah, is is not. Um, like uh garbage or it's not you know something that is like that the, before you appreciate the water is precious you go through periods of time where you're like brushing your teeth and you don't turn off whatever you right. don't have good habits about water conservation because you don't think about it don't you feel like when you're being in a more like conservative state with things like that that i feel like there is an upswing to your own energy when you are you know what i mean like i yeah. feel like i feel like that the rewards are palpable if if you're being conscious of stuff like that right um, and you're, you, what, maybe it's just your own happiness because you're like, oh, I get it. And I get to pat myself on the back about it. So when you maybe. see like, when you see the fountains at like Disneyland or, or here in Los Angeles at the Grove uh, shopping center and we see like the light, light show with music and the fountains going off. Uh, we go, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> if you brought a kid from India or Africa over, they'd go, I like, want to drink doing? that. <laughs> Can I drink <laughs> that? <laughs> what are you doing with your water? <laughs> You're putting on a show? I want to drink that. That's my life. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't even know what point we made there, but I'm on the same page. No, it's fine. I, I, I like to think we're headed to some kind of big reveal because I think ultimately humanity kind of deserves it in a way um to live this much in the unknown and well not some know. say it's happening and and, and it, weather it very changing. well maybe maybe it should be um i'm gonna end um the conversation on the book of revelation with the four horsemen this is a show that we could do five six ten episodes on because there is so much involved in this but I think the horseman, it's, it's kind of an interesting symbol. Um, there's seven seals, as I said. The first four coincide with these horsemen, okay? The first seal reveals a white horseman. He's the peacemaker, um, which is not always a good thing because he's the one that will lull everybody into a false sense of security. A lot of people say this so is Mark the, Zuckerberg. <laughs> a lot of people will I'm say I'm doing something. <clears throat> click, click, click. A lot of a lot of people interpret it as uh, the Antichrist. Yeah. The idea that he will <laughs> come and be very political, very true. People will think he's a good person or she, uh, but in actuality, they're mulling all the countries into this kind of false sense of security. Okay. Which would be an ample way to take down your enemy. Okay. Um, The second seal reveals the red horse war, a military leader. um, That's ultimately supposed to take us to a nuclear Holocaust or some kind of end. Uh, There's been multiple uh, theories that Napoleon was um, 
was one of this, you know, was like a, a one of the horsemen, a war leader. Uh, there's been various antichrists in the past. I won't get into all of them, but uh, Hitler, <clears throat> to to name, you know, a few. The third seal is the black horseman. Okay, that this is the most interesting one to me. Um, economic destruction. So in the book of Revelation, it says. Uh, scales in hand, I heard a voice in the center of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to explain this. And three quarts of barley for a denarius. Okay, a denarius, if you don't know what that is, it was a Roman silver coin. Mm-hmm. It was like a day laborer's wage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So what they were equating was in in that, and it's actually fairly well written in a way that we would understand, is that the the monetary system fails because that would be a sign that their silver coin would only buy so much where it would have bought in a better economy. So the third seal is actually a sign of economic destruction, I kind of believe that. Um, the fourth seal and the last is the horseman of death. And a lot of people interpret it as one third of the population would, will succumb. Um, what color is that? Uh, I Actually, it doesn't have a color. Interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't believe it. That's what you The reason, though, that no, they that's say... That's a red horse. Now, what? Are, these, are these, these guys going to show up on horses? No. Uh, the reason I think they use horsemen as a, a symbol is because in ancient times, a horseman would deliver news mm-hmm. and be a delivery. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so CNN, Fox News, oh, yeah. however you want to well, look at it. Media yeah. in general. I mean, I, I, it's interesting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the, I look at the uh, Bible as something that <clears throat> is, is interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think of it as bond obviously um i don't ascribe to it as bond but it's interesting it's sort of like this like you know i mean it's almost like a graphic novel i mean Mm -hmm. without the graphic you know yeah uh it's it paints a very fascinating world and uses a lot of analogous Mm -hmm. um sort of characters and and things that represent um you know huge ideas Mm -hmm. and then it boils them down into Mm -hmm. fables basically and then so it is interesting that all of those things you can really immediately draw a line to, yeah, right? Of course. So if you're talking about the, the the horseman who brings news, okay, the media is really in a in an interestingly powerful and damaging state. Yeah. Um, but that's information, and it always has been. It always has been. And dangerous. we live in the information superhighway. Right, and even before we had, you know, it was as bombarding as it is, it existed. I mean, we talked earlier about, before we started the show, about how politics have always, you know, there's always been polarity, and there's always been partisanship, and there's always been, um, you know, major corruption, Mm -hmm. because that is man. And, you know, you can, (laughs) basically, you can take those as interpretations of doomsday, or you can understand that there's always been an indication of these types of this representation of the pieces of our society, you know, and it's something that they could identify then. It's something you can identify now, you know, 
whether we fly off the earth or not is very it's barely it's barely worth concerning yourself with well the, the internet is the end of man <laughs> i really you know, do actually think that. Uh, i do jeff, think that you know jeff you, you you wrote me the other night uh, you texted me that you thought you know the internet was or you thought the internet was pretty much the destruction of mankind yes and but as much as I love, it, as much I mean, as I love technology, I love technology. I admit, but where were you coming from with that? I mean, uh, in some ways, I see your point, and this is why we'll never tire. I just want you to explain it. Well, the body self-regulates; like the body won't just like you know, you won't. You, there's sweat to counteract overheating. You know, there's right. like, like there are ways to self-regulate, well, and it might internet. not be conscious, but there's going to be. The internet will never go away. No, the internet won't necessarily go away. It will just way, it'll just like grow. It'll grow, but also the way we use it will will adapt. Like, I mean, tele- you could have said the same thing about television. Kind of. Like, television, like, when it came out, if you think about it, is something that we can't change. Like, if I, want, if I watch the news and I want to believe something and the news tells me don't believe it, that's what, you ha- that's what you're, you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And a lot of news stations, like, you know, Fox News versus CNN or MSNBC, like, Fox News has a completely different view on things uh, just because of, you know, where they stand. But there's only two ways. On the internet, you can think, if you, if you can think about it, it's there. And if you want to get scared of something, it's there. And if you want to personalize your fears and your neuroses, there's someone else that's going to help you do that. Yeah, but you know what that is? That's just creating a circumstance equal to physical distance in a way. It's like, okay, back in the day, you only had access to information in sparse, you know, you could, right. you, you could, it could only reach you uh, in sparse ways due to time and distance and the, the distance it needed to travel. Right. So you and the people around you and your specific location would share similar ideas and you would sort of like uh, your, inf- your immediate information that you shared amongst each other was what you believe to be bond, what you believe to be true, right? Right. So now it's like you have your email box, you have your homepage, and when you wake up in the morning, you have all of your tabs and all the right. shit you, that you've picked out that you're going to look at. You can easily bombard your own self right. with a something that is replicant of a of a village back in the day because the rest of the information is going to get further and further away the more of it that there is. You know what I mean? Like the internet will just end up replicating the globe in that there's going to be dis there you can't access all of that information at any given Kinda. moment. You I still mean, have to make decisions. You, like- you can't, but you will access what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like the people on the internet. If you say something, you don't have to stand behind it at all. I mean, and you could say the same about news, but they do have to stand behind what they say. Mm-hmm. Like they even do corrections mm-hmm. uh, on the internet. Someone could say something like. Oh, Y2K is coming. It's going to end the world. Mm -hmm. And then the whole world gets, just think of Y2K. That was started like, because of the like computers and the internet, right? Yes. So then everyone jumped on viral. It went viral. But that's why they call it viral. Viral is a term that is biological in its basis. Y2K, like so many people spent, so many companies spent so much money on protecting themselves. People were freaking out. And again, I should say that was basically a number issue. That was a number as issue. As far as computers go. Just because the n- numeric system on the computer <laughs> didn't go that high. You know, it's like, if you think about it, everyone, everyone was scared of it. No one was like, uh, like, there's a couple people like, why do you don't worry about it? But secretly, they're like, 
Yeah, they could, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. So we went into a frenzy. Just think of something that is is bigger than that. Yeah, but there was frenzy and pandemonium and widespread panic in as in a, in different the, formations throughout. The population times. was like, weaker. And Emily, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you guys there, right. and I'm just saying because it's you're making excellent points. But yeah, you're making absolute sense. You see, this stuff has always existed through time. Always, but not in these numbers. Not well. We haven't existed in these numbers. The population yeah. is, is, you know, has multiplied at a rate out of control. The, the we reason, have so much power. We have power over the Earth now. Yeah, and it can in go some away at any we moment. Do. We're going to be. I mean, the only way that in I would agree, w- agree with any of those like indications in at the ways, end of the time, because yeah. if you're like, oh, so what if the monetary, the the system of of money. Uh, collapses right right so we go back to trading food and you know not right at first not right at first we go into war against your neighbor when the when the dollar falls yeah and you know what mike when i said we have power over the earth now uh what i meant by that is like when back in the day you would pray like oh of course uh, we yeah. we pray to get to that island over there now we can do it you know <laughs> and then like the, now, the mines did too although yeah. they were very good farmers but we're also but, yeah, we have power right. over it in a way of we're weakening and weakening it too yeah the and ozone still, layer but we're killing it as much as we farm and we do well, we still don't have power because but who knows what that means look we've had dust bowls and uh, crops don't grow we, we yeah we're having we still, dust bowls we have right one now. right now yeah mm-hmm. the reason the reason I brought. The book of revelation into this and deviated from the mayans and the world is more powerful than we'll ever be like the earth you're right people weather, are we've, we've reached a a high a high state of right. i just had to get that out before you got it we're also yeah. very dependent like yeah. our, you know we're com- the reason very. why all of those sort of those analytical uh, i mean analogous uh, ideas of mm. doomsday mm. are can can be you can justify any of them is because right. we have we have created a situation where we are dependent yeah. right. on infrastructures that we've created not on weather we're not we're right. not dependent on anything sort of natural or our collective ability to pray together and get to that island or right. whatever it's like you know <laughs> we've created things that if they fall we're we're sort of screwed, but, <clears throat> the, but we're also creating book- Earth, like in New York. And then when Hurricane Sandy comes, if you look, like I don't know if this is just something I, it's fake. I might have mentioned this already on the show, but the the flooding happened in in that part of New York where right. we added land. Of yep. course, yeah. We, yep. Back the Mayans couldn't add land, right? You know the the. So, book- but I mean, it all. It the that, that's what I was saying. The point I was making about self regulation, yeah. Or like you know, as a, a and. What's like a sorry a a, spe- a living entities or a living beings ability to sure. self regulate or it's like yeah. the, the cell you know it's a natural occurrence is that like even with all of our the addition and complexity of our right. technology and our development there still is a regulatory factor we it's answer. almost like my dad's argument about there is patterns in chaos right, you know right. what I mean you can get yeah. so big but there's still a pattern to it See, anyway the book of Revelation all right Mike sorry for railroading sorry, sorry. You no dad, it's okay you guys like are making everyone said. You guys are making great points. The The reason I bring in the book of Revelation is because I want you to see the pattern of it too. Like there's Revelation, there's um, the Druids, you know, Stonehenge. Uh, they may have been trying to tell us something with monuments. Uh, the Mayans, um, all these people may have been trying to tell us something, but they didn't know how to communicate it in our time. They only knew what they knew back then. Much the same way, like, we send time capsules into space. So, like, if an alien were to intercept it, 
We send them with Mozart. Mm-hmm. We send them with mm-hmm. pictures. With Sagan the, did that, right? But but they're not going to get the whole truth from that. All they're going to get is bits and pieces. Let's hope they don't. They're going to get, get bits and pieces, but they are going to get some things like music. They're going to be able to decode like emotion. In a they will understand. Like, they will understand the the numbers in music. Right. What if um, it means war to them, though? Well, <laughs> but Jeff, you see, that's just it. See, everything we've been looking at, yeah, is interpretation. Nostradamus, everything, mm-hmm. and and a lot of Nostradamus is from old French, which is lost in translation sometimes. Yeah, so. This is where we're all headed, and I just want to finish. I'm going to finish with my thoughts here. Take a time out. Take a time out. This is what this is what I believe, and I think you guys will probably be on board with it. Okay, Let's see. We choose to believe what we believe. And, yeah, and I apologize well, about my voice. I've been a little hoarse for the last couple. What months. we believe yeah. is up to us. It's up to us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the Earth has seen its fair share of calamities. Meteor impacts, volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, tsunamis, droughts, floods, plagues, tornadoes. Ultimately, in the aftermath of catastrophes, it's people that harm themselves. We become our own enemies. Uh, Whether we hurt each other in times of panic or desperation, or we hurt ourselves through our own vices. It's many times the case. It's the aftermath where where people are left to their own devices and human nature. Survival of the fittest. The bottom line is people will do whatever they can do to survive. Uh, my, my theory is somewhat ironic, I think, because it, it, it won't necessarily be nature changes that will kill us. It's kind of how we, we react to those nature changes that may ultimately undo us. If we survive a calamity, if you survive, then you have to survive the breakdown of law and order, which hinges on a very thin line between order and chaos. Now, there's exceptions to that. There there are many that put themselves before others. In my opinion, that, that's the hope of humanity. After Hiroshima was bombed, they had cable car service up the next day. I actually was in Hiroshima and I visited the children's shrine where I saw the shrine to most of the kids that had died from leukemia. It was enormously emotional, but the Japanese in that hard time did not turn on themselves. They worked together to rebuild their city and it's a absolutely gorgeous city now. The teachers that threw themselves in front of the kids in this latest disaster to save them. They are people that put themselves before any other. The little girl uh, right before she was gunned down that told her teacher not not to worry because she knew karate. There, there's good in the world and there's evil in the world but there is far more good than there is evil species have come and gone civilizations have come and gone uh, people are born people die in our existence there is a beginning and inevitable end to us uh, we are born one foot in the grave 
It's no wonder people believe that there's an end to humanity because nothing is really forever. Stars die, massive black holes are created from a collapsing physics that we can barely understand. The very sun that, that gives us life will ultimately die. Galaxies collide on huge massive scales and it, it's tough for our minds to comprehend. I remember when I was a kid looking through the telescope at the Griffith Observatory in Los Angeles. I I looked at Saturn and I was overwhelmed. I actually had to pull away because it freaked me out. I realized how small and insignificant we can be in this universe and and how vast it is to comprehend where we are. We stand at the edge of something that's far too deep in scope to really understand. We are no more in control of things than than a piece of paper floating through the air with a gentle wind. We we try to decode possible messages of future events. But so often we get left in a murky misunderstanding of what it all means. In all accounts of doomsday prophecies, we've been wrong. There's more to everything that we really don't see. Perhaps December 21st is merely a date that sets something in motion. The beginning of the end, maybe. The beginning of a new way of thinking. Maybe. Perhaps nothing at all. Huge possibility. At this point in time, there's only the here and the now. At least at this wayward juncture in our ever-expanding and evolving intelligence. I hope we do see a greater understanding of enlightenment as to the meaning of how we fit into this massive system that that is far more vast than any ocean or plain in our memories of our minds. Our existence truly is a grain of sand on a beach that extends farther than our eyes can see. There is something more, I believe. I just hope humanity can stay intact to see it. The road, in my opinion, is like a foggy night when you can only see five feet ahead of you. Maybe some people can see farther through the fog than some of us, but maybe what they see in the haze is not the full story. In the end, it is our interpretation. When the sun does rise on December 22nd, I encourage you to think about your own life and the people around you. Maybe start thinking about how to make the world a better place for yourself and for others. And that's my thoughts. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I got to follow that. <laughs> I, didn't, I was expecting you to take a dump all over that. <laughs> no, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's no, uh, that's, is it my turn? Is that no, what you're telling no, me? No, I'm just saying you're, you would be, um, no, it's, I wanted it's to see nice how you thing. Dealt, dealt with that. I mean, what, I mean, what's there to be, what's there to, I can't tear that apart. There's nothing to tear apart. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, didn't think you would, Jeff, because I think you probably, I think we're all kind of in agreement on, yeah. on this. You know, yeah. we, we've humanity. taken a long journey through this. Yeah. Yeah, and, indeed. And I mean, I, I, the the most prevailing thought throughout, you know, listening to you and your um, phrasing of this whole sort of phenomenon is that I just kept thinking like lots of hugs, 
<laughs> Lots of hugs. Oh, gross. What? Seriously. <laughs> Lots of hugs. Lots of hugs. Why not? I mean, because we don't know. You never it know. boils down to a no. And it's not even so much that I'm like, oh, we don't know. It might not. And I don't. I don't think that. I just feel like with all the information that we have, everything that we've discussed, it's it's what it boils down to is, as you said, it's interpretation. It's a matter of perspective. I think that's the biggest lesson in all of this is that it's a matter of perspective, even fear. We're all going to feel afraid sometimes, but it's what you do with that. Like you can, you can be derailed by it or you can understand that it is a part of existence and that it is going to fuel something. And so, you, you know, if at the very least or the very, or the most in the next few days up through Friday, we're just like, like a straight up hippie commune just like oh, hold, like curled up with because uh, I, I think about I'm going this, the like, opposite direction <laughs> if you if we scatter i will go the opposite direction i'll, I'll chase you down and hug you oh, i will gross. hug you and listen to and your throw heartbeat. rainbows at me i will listen to your heartbeat and tell you how much i appreciate it <laughs> oh, grossed out grossed out but no but i mean that is kind of like uh, you know it is what you make of it like even those moments, because because it is like then then what? Even if you were like, okay, I'm gonna frame this as the end of the world, and I'm gonna frame this as like the worst possible horrific thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Then what? So then, what do you do? You probably take your child or your loved one or whoever, and you just kind of like you have. I don't know. I take my dog. Yeah, my <laughs> and dog's I listen. Definitely coming. I know, and I and I look in his eyes, and I give him a hug, and I, you know, I think about my family, and I, I'm happy to see them on Friday, and we're gonna all be together, and like, that's uh, that's a nice way to, you know, not sign off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's this assumption that we're signing. We're not signing off. It's just the 21st, Ooh. and it has a lot of meaning in what it what it means to. Uh, um, sort of uh, look at both sides of it, and again, it boils down to perception. Here, here, uh, I think we're all hitting on the same the same thing, you know. And you know, I we didn't, me and Emily didn't write up a, a view, very beautiful, <laughs> I guess, what speech that uh, that Mike it, just gave. I mean, it was manifesto. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just my thoughts. It's great on all of this. Yeah, no, it's I mean, beautiful. Mike. Believe me, this is years of. Stuff that people have been talking about, right. and, you know. Here, here are my. I think we've analyzed it fairly well. Mm-hmm. Here are my thoughts. Uh, so, so it ends up I'm the last one, which I hope I don't blow it. Uh, no, look, throughout mankind, one of the things that has stayed true throughout time is measuring a man's intelligence. Right. So if. If that man makes up a story, makes up a book that people follow, if someone makes up something that that ignites people to think that man's very intelligent, that equals power. So when when people come up with these these their theories on what's going on with the world, with this is what this math means, this is what this number means, this is what the seasons change means, the most powerful thing to predict to tell people is the end is coming. The most powerful part of a book is supposed to be the end of a book. Mm-hmm. You wait for the end of a movie. You want to feel good. When the movie doesn't end right, you hate that movie. The movie can be great until the end. If the end sucks, it's over. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that movie sucks. So when you think about the predictions of the end of the world, all these these 
these intelligent people have told us this, that it's going to end on this date. No, it's going to end on this date. It's going to end on this date. Think of that. It becomes nonsense. These, <laughs> these intelligent men, these, these, these teachers become idiots. Well, and I just love that it like boils it down. Well, the way that you put it boils it down to it's all self-serving engineering of narcissists. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, just to be legendary, yeah. they make up some end time bullshit. It really, just it to really be legendary. is. And then when you think when the people that follow him, what do those people do? They go and they grab their livestock. They grab their family. They keep them close. The people they love, while the leader is by himself saying, "Follow me." Mm-hmm. So. Is it smarter to be a follow, like uh, to follow the, those thoughts, or is it smarter to be the person telling everybody? Or, or is it smarter to just be a person who understands that you're in control of your own interpretations? So yes. that means you're in control of your own experience. That's true. And but okay, let's say this guy who's who's telling everyone the end of the world. Follow me. It's coming right now. He's by himself. Everyone everyone else is with their family, their loved ones. And it does end, and they do die. If you die with your family and your loved ones and all your belongings, and and belongings that you care about, pictures, stuff like that, I'd rather be one of those people. So just sort of piggybacking on both of you guys. Yeah, it's it's a chance to reach out to the people you love, the people you care about, and just tell them you love them. Don't yeah. say the end of the world is coming. I love yeah, you. No. Just say no. I'm thinking yeah. about you. There should never be an That's excuse. All. Yeah. You should just be. Able I mean, to do that. but even if it is, like yeah. you know, we we've had to think about this moment a lot. And yeah. uh, you know what I think? I think that I know one thing, and that is, I love you. Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Woo, it's hot here, huh? <laughs> I think we'll end the show right there. But, uh, uh, listen, everybody, I just want to say uh, that that's listening, thank you. Um, you know, with relatively uh, five episodes, we've had a lot of, this will be our fifth, we, we've had a, an enormous response from you. And yeah, it's great. I want to say thanks for the criticism. Send more. Yeah. Um, we want to hear it. Also, send what you like and send maybe things that you want us to talk about, things that you want us to hit on. You know what I love? Hmm. I love if, if people would send in pictures like, oh, this is a picture of a ghost I took. I love those. <coughs> we would love to see we would love yeah, to see your pictures. That would be great that we can repost. Like yeah. proof. We will, we will put it on our website. We will feature your videos. Yeah. Uh, oh, whatever yeah. you like, you just email us and uh, and don't just set up a shot where you're like having tea with your <laughs> <laughs> your imaginary friend. Let's go drink my tea. <laughs> you can post those on our website and um, I know my peanut butter. Or you can uh, email us through our website borderrealm.com. You can post stuff on our Facebook page freely, facebook.com forward slash the border realm. Yeah, check us out there. Follow us on Twitter at the border realm. And I just want to say, everybody, have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah, if you Happy Hanukkah, that. whatever your religious faith may be. Happy New Year. May you be safe and... Full of love. Follow the man with In the, the end, that's pretty much all there is. So. But keep your eyes and ears out there, as always, and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Yep. Good night.